and welcome to another liquid zip fueled <laughs> episode of We Only Look Thin. I am one of your hosts. I am Donald Weigel. I have lost about 100 pounds and I've kept it off for three and a half years. And with me, as always, is. Highly caffeinated Catherine Weigel. <laughs> I have lost about 145 pounds. The liquid zip Donald referred to is caffeine. It comes by many names, vitamin C, liquid zip. Yeah, I don't, I like to refrain from inside jokes on the podcast, but Catherine, Do you? I Catherine feel like that's found all this, this is. Catherine found this, like, uh, I don't know, was it a meme or something with all these different nicknames for coffee? Yeah. And one of them was liquid zip, which yeah, I. Bean tea. Bean tea. Yeah, I like quite a bit. And we've had quite a bit, of, at least I. I've had quite a bit of coffee this morning. Yeah, we have. I uh, listened to an episode from a couple of years ago where Donald did not drink coffee at yeah. one point. Not to name names and 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 uh, unleash our our garbage uh, in our marriage, but there was a point at which I think we almost <laughs> we have got garbage in our marriage. <laughs> well. There was a part where I got rid of a coffee maker because you hated the smell of coffee so uh, yeah, much. No. And I was like, fine, this is the cross I bear as a married person. Well, and here's the good news. loves coffee. I must have had a lot of good qualities because you did marry me anyway and you stayed married to me anyway. So Yeah, our daughter doesn't like coffee, I think just as revenge. She's very disappointed in Donald for uh, for drinking coffee now. Yeah. I Traitor. Didn't, Benedict I didn't, Arnold. I didn't drink coffee for many years. Yeah, she's very upset. Set that I now have gone to the dark side, <laughs> the dark side being the, black coffee. The dark roast, yeah. He uh, yeah. he drinks his coffee black. Uh, much be nice. I add cream to mine. That's fine. So now you know everything about coffee. <laughs> now you know how... about coffee. So welcome to another episode of things you don't want to hear. Dun dun dun. Uh, we've done uh, two other episodes. It turns out there's a lot of things we have to tell you about that you don't want to hear yeah. about weight loss and fitness. Well, and I think to starting it with something zippy, liquidy zippy of like yeah. 10. Oh, 10 is manageable. Like right. they, all they have is 10 things. We have no numerical system for the list that we've made. Donald is kind of organized and has some, and there's highlighting. I just have scribble on paper. Yeah. Uh, we're well beyond 10 things. I think we might be into 30. I actually don't know. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Because yeah, we've done like eight or nine or so on each in each episode, and I have I have like nine to go. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to combine a couple, though, because I think this will be the final part of this. But if we said 30 things you didn't want, I know. You wouldn't like, listen no. to this. Like, no, thank you. You would not listen to this. So no, we're thank you. we're kind of like those personal trainers who are like, all right, give me one more, and then they're like, okay, one more after that, and then I you hate lose, those people. You lose yeah. trust, but you know what? It's Monday. If you're listening to this in real time. Uh, and you're like, well, they got to tell me something. Maybe they'll make me laugh. I don't know. But see, we we said from the beginning that, that it was an indeterminate number of things that you don't want to hear. I know, but we didn't use that as the subject header for like we didn't call this episode like one free puppy. Yeah, and be like, oh, I get a free puppy. Yeah, that and then it's like easy. two free puppies, and you're like, whoa, hold on, that is too many puppies. <laughs> that's for a lot free. of puppies. Yeah, but that's a lot, no, a lot of puppy. We're gonna throw some. Uh, some knowledge at you. I I think by the time this episode will be airing, I will actually have hit my four-year weight loss anniversary. Wow. It is kind of shocking to That's me. That's amazing. Well, okay, here's the thing. Here we go. <laughs> I feel like the person that I am now four years into maintenance is very different than the me who just started out. Oh, yeah. The hubris that we had starting a podcast when we were just fresh on the like, I've lost weight and I know how to tell everybody about that. Right, right. 
I feel like I know a lot more now. For sure. And I, look, I think I, I've said this before. I think one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast was to be accountable. And, you know, I knew if I had to record an episode every week, the podcast would go away if I allowed myself to go back to my old habits. And I think it was sort of a... a almost started in some ways as a trick to yeah. myself to keep me accountable for my actions. Well, we had a lot to say about weight loss back then. And yeah. I think it is all still true, but it's very interesting to me to see how we've evolved. It's sort of like when I when we first became parents and I was like the Uber uh, you know, room mom and tried to do everything from scratch. Yeah. I remember I brought in I've told you about the cookies I made where I ate half of the dough. I remember I brought in these cookies into second grade class and all the other moms were like, Oh, it's homemade Sally over here. Yeah, like and everybody yeah. else just brought, you know, uh Well then when we started you were making like caterpillars out of vegetables yeah, for and, and, and you know, putting little notes in her lunchbox and we were using like reusable lunch bags and yeah, like, that, you know, buying she would we would buy these metal water bottles because of being environmentally conscious and she then lost. she would lose a metal water bottle oh about gosh. every two days and we were just buying more metal water I bottles was, than we were I did <laughs> so much ones. rage eating about all the things she would lose on the playground half because I was annoyed because you know eco-friendly but also annoyed because I had to walk around the playground yeah. which at the time seemed really annoying and now I wish she lost anything but she doesn't because we're all at home all the time yeah all at home all the time but I think the point here is that we are still learning and you know uh, Catherine's about to hit four years of maintenance. I'm at about three and a half years of maintenance, and we're still learning. And a lot of the things that are on this list, I don't think I, you know, the day I hit my goal weight, I don't know if I would have known all of these things. Like a lot of it I've learned in hindsight, you know, going through. Well, and I think too, and this sort of ties into it, I'm not sure when we became parents to an eight year old, I'm not sure anyone could have told me, like, hey, you know what? Buy the jankiest furniture you can find for your eight-year-old because oh, yeah. they will ruin it. Like they will turn it into kindling. Yeah, was, we got her this really nice desk, and you know, within within a couple of months, she had like you know scratched, carved, carved things in it, and scratched it and drawn all over it. An and, expensive yeah. desk, and I think you know the I, I listened to the One Bad Mother podcast, OneBadMother.com. Um, they talked about how Pottery Barn makes it look like all you need to do is buy all white pillows and furnishings for your child and it will be perfect. And it turns out I should have just bought some cinder blocks and a piece of plywood as a desk instead of like she hasn't been in prison, but I think she feels like, like we're <laughs> yeah. imprisoning her. No, we're definitely She's her wardens for sure. Etched, you know, the days that she has been stuck in COVID into the desk. And I'm like, well, she's going to college with that thing. So I guess if she wants to carve initials into it or whatever, then I guess that's the desk she has. But nobody could have told me, you know, seven, eight years ago. I don't know how long we've been parents. I don't know. I should have etched it into something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's seven and a half years. Okay. Thank you for telling me. Uh, but. I don't know that people could have told me back then because I just wanted to appear to be a good parent. Yeah. A good parent buys an expensive desk from something rhyming with schmatterishmarn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
But uh, I have no idea what that is. But but, but here we are. Uh, let's pretend that this is your uh, first week in this weight loss rodeo. We're going to tell you some things, and you're probably going to be like, "You can't tell me that. Yeah, you don't know me. No. I'm a special, delicate flower. Yeah, I, I these rules don't apply to me. These things you're trying to tell me that I don't want to hear. Well, guess what? Guess what? They We're, probably yeah. apply to you. Now uh, you're the second grade cookie bringer, and we are the. Uh, we are the people who know all the things and are kind of jaded, but also funny and also inspiring. So here we go. Here we I, go. I know just like before Donald has more than I do, which is surprising because usually I have a lot to say, but yeah. he, he has a lot more to say. So he's going to- I'm much more negative than you are. So that's why I have more things people don't want to hear <laughs> on well, my list. Well, I'll, as long as we end with my ender one- as we agree to that, you can say whatever you want, and then I'm going to bring it home. You're going to bring it home. Okay. Bring out the tissues, everybody. All right, so I'm I'm going to do a couple in a row. Okay. I'm I'm just going to do this in order. The first one is, you can't hate yourself thin, aka you have to love and forgive yourself. I actually had that on my list. Whoa, we just made the episode <laughs> shorter. <laughs> Yay. Uh, yeah, I have, uh, you're going to have to do this because you love yourself, not because you hate yourself. Yeah, you have to figure out a way to come at this where you're not calling yourself stupid, that you're not saying you can never do this, that you're not asking yourself all the time, what's wrong with you, why this should be so easy. You have to figure out a way to love and forgive yourself in order to make this work. I failed for 41 years and had absolutely no proof that I could be successful at losing weight, let alone keeping it off for four years. And I had to do it from a place of mercy for myself. You know what? I don't know if this is going to work, but what I do know is I'm not going to give up. And gosh darn it, it actually worked. And I came at it from hating my you know, physical appearance, hating everything for so many years. And it turns out doing this because you actually loathe yourself. It's not the way to success. Nobody ever wrote the book, How I Hated Myself to Anything. You've got to do it from a place of loving yourself and believing that your body is worth it and that your mindset is worth it. All right. I uh, I think since I stole one of yours, I will do two in a row now again. <laughs> Um, so my next one is, and in fact, I'm going to, um, I'm going to combine two of the things that are on my list. My next one is you are lying to yourself. And the second part of this is you actually do have the time. Oh, <laughs> you are going with hard truths from the start. I, people and I am telling you, these are things you don't want to hear. I spent most of my adult life telling myself that I couldn't do it, that I was the most put-upon person, that I had the world's worst metabolism, that I deserved treats because I had a hard day, I deserved to eat and drink whatever I wanted because of a hard day, that, you know, because somebody was mean to me that I should eat food about it, like, all of those things are lies. And I used to lie to myself about how much time I had. I would stay up, you know, until 11 midnight watching Seinfeld reruns after being at work for 12 or 14 hours and then tell myself I didn't have time to do any meal prep or exercise or I couldn't get a good night's sleep. And I would make just excuse after excuse after excuse. And it turned out when I actually tried and decided to care about it, I actually could do it, and I actually did have the time. I was just 
making the wrong things my priority. Yeah, I remember, I think it when you were 35, you told me, well, when you hit 35, you'll just be tired all the time. And yeah. that's all, like, that's what turning 35 means. And I'm I'm a little bit younger. You can't tell. A <laughs> little bit younger. And I just kept kind of seeing his, like, well, he said, when he turns 35, it's all I can tell because there. you're so immature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong there. Uh, but I definitely told myself I don't have the time, the energy, the, you know, the willpower, whatever. I thought people were just magically imbued with the ability. And it just turns out I just made a lot of excuses. So yeah, somebody quite a bit older than me had told me a story about how they like woke up one day and they were still tired. And so they went back to bed and they woke up and they were still tired. And they, you know, they repeated this cycle. And then finally, they woke up and they've just been tired ever since. And that was at around age 35. And so I just figured that's what happens when you get to be 35. And now at age 51, I feel way better than I ever did, you know, 15, 16 years ago. Yeah, that's a good one. I think maybe you should do one more and then I'll do one. All right. The next one is every day is not a surprise. Oh, nice one. AKA 365 surprises. AKA (laughs) if it happens every day, it shouldn't be a surprise. If you go to work every day and your coworkers, you know, talk you into going to the Cheesecake Factory, that isn't a surprise. Margarita Monday, Taco Tuesday. It's like every day, all of these things, you know they're going to happen. You're just choosing not to prepare for them. All of these like out of left field, like what was I supposed to do? My coworker brought in cupcakes and I had to eat some or I would have insulted them. What was I supposed to do? Like everyone else was going out to lunch. Like you can choose what you do and what you don't do. And you know these things are going to come up. You know that you're going to get invited out places at the last minute. You know that at lunch happens every day, that dinner happens every day. You know that you're going to be too tired to do it a lot of times. So you're just going to have to get fast food because you're going to tell yourself you have no other choice. These things are not a surprise. You can, in fact, prepare for them and be ready for them and fit your health and fitness plan into your everyday lifestyle. Well, and I know, too, I used to be in a position where I would go out, you know, in the morning. Okay, I've got lots of errands to do. And then magically, I would be starving by 11 a.m. And then I would get impulsive takeout. Oh, my gosh. I had no choice. I was so hungry. Who knew that I would be hungry? Yeah. And realizing that I needed to have agency in my life. And I keep some kind of boring, unsalted nuts in my glove box that I can go to and eat. Because it's not a surprise that I get really hungry when I do errands. Yeah. If you have a medical issue where your blood sugar is, you know, deeply affected by your eating schedule... It is your responsibility to make time to eat something, to have something on hand in your desk drawer, in your purse, in your glove box, uh, wherever, whatever kind of satchel or, you know, whatever. You've <laughs> got your keep, gunny sack. Let's just keep naming kinds of satchels. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is your responsibility to advocate for your own health. If you find that you always have an 11 a.m. meeting that goes late and then you're starving and then you make an indulgent choice or your blood sugar is low – 
putting yourself in a position of eating before a meeting, having something on hand that you can eat that will get you through to the time that you can't eat. It totally matters because I used to be victim to, I'm overwhelmed, oh, the kid's schedule was busy, whatever. I used to use that as an excuse to overindulge and to get home and be ravenous and hangry and all the other seven dwarves, whatever. But it is your responsibility to take responsibility. And there are no surprises left. Like, really no surprises left. There's going to be food situations today. Yeah. There's always a food situation. Always. And you should be able to be prepared for it. You're an adult who is capable of hard things, and you can make this happen. Yep. Oh, wait. Do I get to go now? You get to go now. Yay. I'll stop talking. Hold on. Let me just check off the thing. And the audience rejoiced. Hooray. Uh, okay, so here's a good one. I'm going to say it right now. You're not going to be able to win against math. Ooh. Math is math. It doesn't care if you've had a long day. Yeah. It doesn't matter, you know, if someone else is cooking dinner and you're not, you're not going to win against math. It is logic. It is science. I know not everybody uh, believes in calories necessarily, but <laughs> if you if you eat more calories then you burn, you're going to gain weight. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's it. There's, there's no... There's nothing you can do about it. Just because you think you deserve a treat doesn't mean that the calories aren't going to cause you to gain weight. Yeah, and I think I tried to fight against it for a really long time. Oh, well, I've had a long day. I don't want to track. Oh, if I eat this really quickly, then it won't matter. Oh, you know what? If I have a diet soda after I have a Snickers bar, I'm pretty sure that the acid in the Diet Coke will burn away all the sugar (laughs) for some reason. I'm confident that this is science somehow. Exactly. It doesn't matter if you track it, if you don't track it, if, you know, you avoid the scale, the numbers are going to be there. And it math will catch up with you. I think for such a long time, my blood work was good. My cholesterol was okay. My blood pressure was fine. I was twice the weight that I am right now. Yeah. And I fooled myself into thinking that I was healthy because my blood work was fine. That was ha 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 in my 20s. Fun stuff <laughs> in your 20s. Math doesn't count. See, my blood work is fine, so it's not. Whatever. It matters. And the longer you go carrying extra weight on your knees, I can't remember what the actual math of that is, but yeah. it's like the pressure on your knees, your joints, your organs, it all catches up. Yeah, it's like every pound you weigh creates an extra 5,000 pounds of pressure on your knees. Now, I forget what it is. Sure, but it's, like <laughs> but it, but it's, it's substantial. It is significant. And I can say that like, oh, BMI doesn't matter, man. You know what? I was twice as much as I am now. I was not big boned. I ate all the time. I know we said in a previous episode, I was easily eating 4,000 calories a day and I was maybe getting in a thousand steps a day. Yeah. There's, it doesn't matter what chart you look at. Like I was unhealthy and I didn't own it because I thought I was fine. I thought I was normal. Looking back at pictures now 
looking at how many times I demanded that strangers take pictures of me from the chin up and if they even got so much as part of my torso in. Oh, yeah. I avoided the truth for so long, and I am grateful now that I am owning my choices. Speaking of things that almost you know caused us to get divorced, oh, I, I took a full-body picture of you oh. once at a friend's wedding, and you were so angry at me when you saw the photo and my refusal to delete it. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. It wasn't a full body photo, exactly. We we can post it on the internet and people can decide. I was like mid-walk, tongue half out, like mid-stride, like half <laughs> blinking. And he's like, I have to capture the moment. And I'm like, you're going to capture a divorce lawyer if yeah. you – I was so – I'm so mad about it right now. Yeah, still mad about the uh, full body picture. I think if you asked yourself, you would know the real reason why you didn't no! like it. <laughs> look, as someone who is actually a photographer, I go to great pains to make people look good in all photos. right and you all pulling right. no 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 this is our anniversary weekend this is coming out we're gonna make it to 23 years it was such a bad photo and, uh, and that's i, I all think i did actually delete it though i yeah you were like oh i'm sharing it with everybody from the wedding i'm like well you know we almost didn't make it to 23 years but we did but all we right did. All, all right, right. i'm gonna unearth some bad truths also about our wedding also okay <laughs> All right. Is it my turn again? Uh, it's your turn. All right. So I think to this one is uh, not the next one on my list, but it ties into what you were just talking about. And that is you have to track something. Mm. And probably you have to track lots of things. And another way to look at this, I have it in parentheses as AKA scientists need data. Ooh. If you're somebody who is you know, thrown into a spiral by tracking calories or tracking steps or something. I don't know how to help you, but you're going to have to track something. You can't just wing it. And because I know from experience that when I eyeball my food or when I just sort of eat whatever I feel like, or I listen to my hunger signals, like I, my body is a lying liar who lies to me. And maybe I'm just not attuned to hunger signals properly, but I cannot trust myself and I have to track something. And you can't go through life as a scientist in terms of your weight loss and fitness and not have any data to track. I know that when I track my calories and I eat more than a certain amount, I gain weight. I know that when I get fewer than a certain number of steps, I gain weight and I lose fitness. And I know that at the minimum, I have to figure out what foods I've been eating that led me to overeat. And I have figured that out over time too. And so I avoid those foods or I wait until later in the day to eat them. And I stick to things during the day that don't make me want to keep eating and eating and eating. And I would only know that from actually tracking them throughout the last five years. Well, and I think too, someone reached out to me recently and commented on that thing that I said about I'm a lying liar who lies. And I know, look, we are slide whistle jokesters or whatever, but I don't have that innate ability to stop when I'm hungry. And our daughter 
magically will not finish something on her plate. She's 15 years old and she'll say like, wow, I really recognize that I don't feel great if I eat all of this. So I'm not going to eat that last taco. That's not me. No, and, I don't have that either. And maybe, and that, that has never been me. And I can just say, well, I'm listening to my body, but whatever that fullness signal is, is not a natural part of who I am. And sure, I am trying to work in mindfulness into my eating. I really don't want to be distracted when I'm eating because I really want to focus on what I'm doing. Yeah. We went to dinner once at the end of a vacation and the couple next to us talked to us and Donald and I were so mad because we just wanted to focus on the food. They were a delightful couple. Oh, they were delightful. Oh, it was an we amazing it was, conversation. It was a wonderful conversation. But we were both really angry that we didn't get to focus on the food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was for different reasons. But like, it is not inherently easy for me. And one of the ways that I make it easier for myself is tracking calories. There is no guesswork in there. It actually works for me. And sure, maybe in 10 years, I'll be in a position where I know myself well enough. You know, I'm four years out on maintenance now. Maybe in another 10 years, I'll go, you know what? I'm at a point now where I really feel comfortable with it. And wow, I know that I can just have dessert once a week and that'll be fine. I am not there. And so making it easy to make helpful choices for myself actually matters. It's like paying attention to a bank account. It's like paying attention to how much debt is on your credit card. It just makes it easy. The numbers are the numbers. And I don't have to wonder how my body feels with the blah, blah, blah. Like, I know that's really articulate, but it actually makes life a lot easier. Because when you go to a doctor or you, you know, we've talked about this too on, you know, if your boss asks you, what are your deliverables this quarter. You go like, well, I I worked hard, I think. Okay, well, how many clients did you call? How many widgets did you make? Well, I don't know. I don't like counting, man. I just know how I feel about it. Yeah, or or you're just like you just said, you're spending your money from your bank account and you're not keeping track of it in any way. And you don't ever look at your bank balance and you just go, well, I think I've got enough money in there. Yeah, and then you're shocked. How would you know? know? Then you're shocked when there's an overdraw on it because you just don't want to know. So for us, we've just made it easy on ourselves by knowing that the numbers help us keep track. Indeed. Okay, so my next one is, it is the hardest thing I've ever done. Ooh, that's a good one. AKA, shouldn't it be easy? Guess what? I'm sorry. It shouldn't be easy. (laughs) I know this is something you don't want to hear. It is not easy. And we are all about making it as easy as possible but there is no weird trick. There is no, there is no like, can I just do nothing? Like diet and exercise plan. Like you have to do something and you have to do a lot of some things. And I hate to have to tell you this because I just wanted to, you know, be able to take extra naps and wake <laughs> up and be fit or oh pray to the health and fitness fairy and have him or her just magically I was I would always say I'll I'll be good if yeah. I just if you could just make me thin like right now it's not going to happen and it doesn't have to be the most miserable thing you've ever done in the world I have built my plan around avoiding doing things that I hate 
I try and make it as pleasant as possible, but it is still the hardest thing I've ever done. And it continues to be the hardest thing I've ever done, but it is also the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Well, other than getting married. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I can't believe you recorded that podcast. You did even say that our marriage was the most important thing. Exactly. So I know that that is something you don't want to hear, but there, you've heard it. So, and here's a follow-up to what Donald just said. It doesn't matter if someone else makes it look easy. It doesn't matter if somebody gives up soda and loses 50 pounds. It doesn't matter if one person has one weird trick and it happens quickly for them. There is no great equalizer in the world that comes up with the pearly gates with like, oh, well, all they did was stop soda. Like it honestly does not matter to what you do. It is a distraction to get distracted by what other people's success is. If someone's losing eight pounds a month and you're losing one pound a month, it doesn't matter. You shouldn't stop. It doesn't change your situation. Not everybody, like I think sometimes people say, well, they have it easy. Well, they, oh, well, if they didn't have kids, well, oh, well, they've got more money than I do, whatever. If you just keep comparing and looking over into someone else's yard to see what they're doing and how easy it is, well, there's got to be something that they're not telling you that's bad for them. It doesn't matter. If somebody has a golden life and golden results and everything looks easy, it doesn't mean that it isn't there for you. Right. Like it honestly doesn't matter. It is a waste of time. So if you are looking at someone else on Instagram or even a Donald and Heather, whoa, they're making it look easy. <laughs> it doesn't matter. All that matters is the effort and the, you know, the the discipline that you make for yourself. It is your life and it is your responsibility to change it. And looking into what other people are doing and being jealous or Jizo man or whatever, it's a waste of time. And if you've ever thought to yourself that Catherine and I make this sound or look easy, (laughs) it isn't. It really is not. Okay, I'm going to do two more. I will try and do these quickly. And uh, we are in the home stretch. Um, The next one is, and this is one of my pet ones, all movement counts. Ooh, nice. And that is AKA, if it's not real exercise, why should I bother? And I have discovered, and look, I know that exercise is exercise. If you want to go to a gym, if you want to work out with a personal trainer and get super fit, that is fantastic. But I fell into the trap over and over and over again of telling myself, if I'm not going to a gym, if I'm not lifting a weight, if I'm not using some fitness machine... If I'm not, you know, running, doing something that I hate, it's not real exercise. And I ended up losing 100 pounds by doing essentially zero, in air quotes, real exercise. No cardio, no. All I do is track my steps and I increase them and increase them. And I have found that it is more important that I keep moving all day and all of that movement counts. I can't allow myself to sit still for very, very long periods of time. And I take advantage of neat that non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Um, <laughs> I, almost I just gave forgot. Donald, I was like, I don't almost you blow forgot. this for us. Don't I almost you blow this forgot for us. what the letter stood for. You did a great um, job. We did a, an episode called The Knights Who Say Neat. Uh, that's all about this. It's about moving all the time is more important than getting in that 30 minutes of, of oh hard gosh. cardio that I thought was the the answer to all of my prayers. Well, 
And two, in that, you know, people would say like, oh, you got to get 30 minutes a day. Oh, you've got, I'm like, well, I don't have time for 30 minutes, so I'm going to do nothing. Well, you know what? Now it's 20 minutes a day. 20 minutes? Who has 20 minutes? I don't have 20 minutes. I'm a busy working mom. You know what? One minute? Can you do one minute? It all matters. And so much, I get a kick out of the extra activity that I get by going back and forth to the kitchen or going down to the laundry room and like getting it done. It all adds up. So please stop telling yourself that you don't have time because I sat on Zoom calls a Friday ago. I got in, I think about 2000 steps for the day. I'm usually getting 17,000 steps a day. It physically hurt to sit yeah. all day. I really like felt the toll that it took on me to just sit and not uh, move my body. Yeah, I actually sometimes I've uh, because of the pandemic, I've been on a lot of Zoom meetings uh, over the past year and. I will sometimes just turn off my camera and march in place like while it's going on if I know that I I don't have to talk just to keep myself moving because I can't stand anymore sitting still for that long. And I'm on a movie studio lot and people will say, you know, they'll see me walking across the lot and be like, why don't you get a bicycle? And I'm like, you know, I don't say it to them, but internally I'm like, because I want the calories, the extra calories burned of having to walk across the lot. And that is, you know, how I build my life, avoiding elevators, the whole thing. Um, okay, so I'm going to do one more uh, and uh, then uh, we are in the final couple here. Uh, the next one is, and this is another one you don't want to hear. Ooh. Well, it's all ones you don't want to hear. Eating about it won't solve your problems. And this is one that I fell into the trap of for most of my adult life. I would get upset about something or I would have a hard week or a hard day. And I know I'm echoing things I said earlier in this episode. In the last 175 episodes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Somebody would, would be mean to me or somebody would say something I didn't like. I would have a bad day. I would have to do something at work. And I would try and solve my problem by eating about it. I would eat a treat to make myself feel better. And then I would just feel worse about it because I would feel bad that I wasn't worrying about my health and fitness and I would just keep gaining weight and that would make me physically feel worse and I would be more tired and it was just this vicious circle that was made worse and worse by me tricking myself into thinking that I could solve my problems with food, that I could soothe myself, that I could use food as Novocaine and it just doesn't work. I have nothing else to say on that because that is 100% not what you want to hear, but totally true. Good job, Donald Weigel. Thank you very much, dear. Okay, so here's something you really don't want to hear. You think what Donald just said was bad. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Be very serious. Losing weight does not make all your problems go away. Oh, no. I used Don't tell them that. That's something I don't want them to hear. (laughs) I used to think that all of my problems stemmed from my weight. Turns out there are still lots of problems. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't absolve me from work stress, parental stress, marriage stress, neighbor stress, financial stress, 
Stress still happens, but you know what? I've learned not to eat about it and drink about it, and that makes life better. But just thinking that there's this perfect end point where everything, you know, the the skies open up, there's golden light everywhere, you cross the finish line, suddenly all your relationships are mended, yeah. your family issues, your boundaries. Doesn't make me better at saving money or, you know, curbing my spending habits, you know. It does give me a much brighter outlook on life. I will say that. It has improved the quality of my life dramatically, but it definitely has not solved all my problems. But like, I still manage depression. I still manage anxiety. Yeah. Parenting is its own thing, which we're not doing a podcast on parenting, but that's a lot, everybody. Yeah. It doesn't fix my personality, it turns out. (laughs) (laughs) But we're still the same people, but our outlooks are so much different. So everything has changed and nothing has changed. Like, we still have family issues, we still have work issues, but the way we approach it is different. But it's not like you're magically going to hit some number, and then all your problems are going to be resolved, and all your old resentments, and all your boundary issues. It is still a process, which is why we're still doing this podcast, because it's not an end point. The credits don't roll. It just keeps going, like the Terminator. Yes, indeed. You can't stop it. You can't reason with it. It is the Terminator. All right. I think we are, after three episodes, at the final one on my list. Ooh, nice. Yes, and then Catherine is going to bring it home. All right. My final one is, you can't wait until Monday to start. You need to start right now. And... I know we've brought it up on this show before, but there have been lots of studies showing that if you wait till Monday, and Monday doesn't have to literally be Monday. It could be, I'm going to wait until after this event that I have coming up. I'm going to wait until after this project that comes up, because there will always be another thing that is going to stop you and that is going to cause you to put it off. And what I was about to say was, there have been lots of studies that show you wait till Monday to start. And then you, in air quotes, mess up on Wednesday, and you're like, well, I already blew this week, so I may as well just wait and start the next Monday. Yeah, like that is an actual thing that people talk about people who are Monday starters are perfectionists, and if they can't do it perfectly, then they just wait until the next Monday. Or if you say, I'll do it after Memorial Day weekend. Okay, I messed up. All right, after 4th of July, after Labor Day. Yeah. I find myself still saying like, well, when things calm down in the summer well when school goes back in session or or the big one like it's october 1st and people are like all right january 1st i'm gonna get it together after the holidays you know it's like it's october 1st and they're already just throwing away the final three months of the year so do it now there is always something you can do immediately and we waited decades for the perfect circumstances and the perfect job and the perfect whatever and it never came until diabetes came and then it forced me to do something luckily luckily yes all right i think this is it this is it all right dear the final thing you people don't want to hear all right bring us home you should be sitting down for this okay i'm sitting down now okay good my final thing that you don't want to hear is that I can't care more about your weight loss and health than you do. Oh, no. I know firsthand 
that other people wanted me to be healthy, wanted me to try plans, wanted me to lose weight. Parents wanted to sign me up for Weight Watchers, wanted to give me green smoothie ideas. I wasn't ready for the message. And sure, their approach might not have worked. But after 170 whatever episodes that we've done, I want you to take responsibility for your life and your circumstances and your food choices. Oh, yeah. I want you to find the success and the focus that I have found. But what I can't do is care more than you do. If you can't find five minutes a day to care about yourself, if you have heard these 30 different or whatever how many suggestions that we've given you after 175 episodes, if you still can't figure out a way to jump into the program with analysis paralysis or gosh, what, you know, I, I'm still not exactly sure what to do. There is nothing that we're going to say that is going to get you there. You have to care, actually care about your mental health and your physical health more than I do. We have so many people who still, after all this time, are still kind of circling the drain on, well, you know, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what I'm going to do. Or, you know, you bring up some good points, but I really, you know, I don't eat that many different foods. Like, you know, I'm special and different because here's my circumstance. If you don't wake up and say, I have got to change something. I am killing myself with my current habits. You have got to show up with that passion and that anger and that drive to say that I am not going to give up on myself. I still see people who sort of sit back and are like, okay, well, you know, I've heard all this Walt stuff and, you know, what are you bringing to me? I'm not really getting much out of it. Fine. That's great. I can't care about it more than you care about it. We are here to be your weight loss Sherpas. We are here to carry yeah. some of the load and to give and to, you know, give our experience. But if you're sitting back arms crossed waiting for, well, like they said I could do change one thing and blah, 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 whatever. I know you don't want to hear this. I will walk hand in hand with anyone to make this possible and make it a priority. But if you don't care about yourself, I cannot give you more of my energy than I already do. You have got to find it within yourself, dig deep to want this to happen and to make it a priority. We cannot do all of the heavy lifting. It is your not even just your responsibility. It is your gift to yourself to care about your future self and to care about your health. We are here to be cheerleaders and coaches, but if you don't stand up right now and do something, I can lead you, can't make you drink, all those analogies, <laughs> I can't do it. And I want to focus on the people who are ready to stop making excuses. I want to focus on the people who, despite all of the obstacles, are still getting it done. Those are the people that inspire me. The people who are sitting back, arms crossed, saying, well, I still haven't heard anything yet that, you know, can't prove it by me. I haven't lost anything. I, five years ago, was not in a position to inspire anyone to do anything except myself sitting in my car, trying to hold back tears, wearing pants that didn't fit me. I knew I had to find it within me and to dig deep 
I didn't have to care what Donald was doing or our daughter was doing or my work set or circumstances. I knew I was killing myself and I was tired of killing myself. I knew I had to change something. And you have the responsibility within yourself to make this happen for you. We are here to support you and to cheer you on, but I cannot care more about it than you do. That That is it. <laughs> that is a hard, hard truth to swallow. It is uh, breaking my heart, but it is definitely uh, true. And I hope that everybody out there took it to heart. Well, that at long last is the end of That's our things you don't want to hear. Um, and so next week we will start telling you things you do want to hear again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate each and every one of you. Um, and if you enjoyed this episode, you can listen to all of our episodes wherever you found this one. We're on most of the podcast platforms. Um, and you can also find all of our episodes still on our website, weonlylookthin.com. Yep. And if you are at weonlylookthin.com, you can click on join our support group. If you are ready to dig deep and make it happen for yourself among other people who are really fighting for themselves, then join our group. If you are waiting to sit back and, hmm, I don't know, then maybe don't join. But if you're super interested in making yeah. it happen for yourself, then we are there to cheer you on and to help you with your goals. Uh, click on join our support group. We have two options, a monthly membership with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month uh, membership with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if it is right for you. And uh, you do get all of the passion and heart and all of the caring that Catherine Weigel does have, even if uh, she can't care more about it than you can. <laughs> she does care an awful, awful I lot. I care a lot. And so do I. Um, if you would like to reach out to us, you can send us an email uh, to weonlylookthin at gmail.com. We will eventually get back to you. Uh, we would love your suggestions, things that uh, that you think we don't want to hear, uh, things that you think our listeners uh, want to hear, don't want to hear, uh, episode suggestions, topics we haven't uh, touched on. Uh, answer your questions, all those good things. And you can also reach us on this socials uh, at uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at We Only Look Thin. Yep. And if you can take a moment to head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and review, uh, we are barreling down on 500 uh, wow. star reviews. I would love to get there. Wouldn't that be super fun? That for would us? be fantastic. That would be like bona fide. Yeah. Uh, I would love so that. throw us some stars. Throw us a review we really appreciate every single uh, email we get and every positive review it means so much to us and it also helps other people find our podcast yeah apple boosts our podcast in search results when people are looking for uh, health and fitness and weight loss podcasts the more ratings and reviews we have and uh, it's an easy way for you to help us out if you appreciate anything that we have uh, done or said for you so if you're still trying to remember the difference between liquid pep and bean tea, <laughs> just remember that Catherine and I are an, an inspiration. inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.